Okay, so uh, Parshas Yisro. Um, one of the, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pieces of Parshas Yisro. There is, uh, you know, the introduction to Yisro himself. There's a Sarsa Dibros. There's a lot, a lot of conversations here to be had. Um, but one that's talked about a lot, but that because there's a lot of complexity and confusion about it, is the character of Yisro and his place in the uh, introduction to the Parsha that, in which we're given the Torah. It's a very, very strange thing to have the Parsha in which we're given the Torah be named after a Kohen Midian, uh, a idolatrous priest who Chazal uh, tell us converted, but certainly a, a very strange um, uh, individual about whom to, to, uh, to uh, name the entire Parsha. So let's, let's just take a look at the beginning of how the Torah introduces uh, Yisro, how we get here. Um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll ask some questions and, and I hope to find something meaningful here. So the, the Torah tells us as follows, Right? Yisro heard, right? Um, everything that Hashem did to Moshe and to, and to Am Yisro because he took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. Hell is, um, and, uh, here it is. I'm going to put the, File in the chat. Um, and um, fine, so Yisra heard all that happened. I skipped a couple of psukim there just for, you know, about him bringing the children along with. And he comes. Um, and actually, the truth is, oh yeah, and he says, Moshe, he says to Moshe, he must have sent a, a messenger, right? He says, it's, it's Yisrael, your father-in-law, here to meet you, and, and I have your wife and your children. And so what happens? Right? And so what ends up happening is that everyone comes out to meet him, right? And the, the way Rashi and the Midrash uh, kind of explain it is that once once Moshe goes out, what happens? Everyone's going to follow him, right? So Aaron comes, and uh, and and Aaron's kids come, and every, all these people start to follow after uh, to Moshe and Aaron. And what ends up happening is they all sit down, right? They sit down to have a, the whole conversation, and they they sit, uh, you know, in pasuk Yud Beis, the last pasuk. He gives he gives karbanos, right? He's becoming a ger. So what happens is they become this huge entourage and they all have this big meal together with, together with Yisrael, which is so very, very nice, uh, but, but a little bit strange. Like, but what is this all about? Um, why is this story here? Why is it helpful? The next day, that's when Yisrael gives his advice to Moshe about how you can't do it all by yourself. You have to have uh, you know, other people to help you, etc. But all that, that whole story is after Matan Torah. So, so question number one just is, what, what is so special about Yisro? Um, you know, as we said, he's a, a Kohen Midian who comes to convert, but w- why does he zoche that the, that the entire parsha of Matan Torah is named after him? That's question number one. Um, and the truth is, to see the answer, I think we have to go to source number two, um, but source number two actually brings more questions. Let's take a look at source number two. Is a Rashi. Rashi writes, Vayishma Yisro, Yisro heard, what was it that Yisrael heard that he came? He heard about the fact that Hashem had split the sea for the Jewish people, and he heard about the war with Amalek. Okay, very interesting. Have, anyone have a question about that explanation of Rashi? Rashi's question, Rashi's answer? Yeah. 
Anything about that strikes you as interesting or funny? How did they hear about the war of Amalek? Okay, good. How did they hear about the war? And where, where were the Amalek, but not, what, what did you not ask me about? Kiris Yamsuf. Kiris Yamsuf everybody heard about, right? That was presumably, Chazal tell us, you know, all, all of the waters in the whole world split, whatever it was, everybody heard, right? That they all shut, the, 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 it says in the Yashir, Shamu Amim Yirgazun, right? That all the nations heard. About Kriyas Yamsu. But a Malik, right? Who, how do you even hear about that? Okay, good. Where did, where did you even hear it from? What else? What does the Torah tell us about what Yisro heard? Look, look in the Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us. Yeah, he saw it. He heard everything. <laughs> so why, why is Rashi, Rashi Kony Medrash, point out specifically Kriyas Yamsu and Machama so Malik? He, he heard everything that Hashem had done uh, for. for uh, for Moshe and for all of Am Yisrael. So the Torah already told us what he heard. So what, what, are, you, what are you adding here? Uh, why does Rashi add in? He heard Kriya Sam's with Mechama Samalek. I'll ask you another question. Why didn't he both? If I, had to, if I had to choose one for Yisrael to hear, to come to, to convert, which one would you probably choose? The second one. Kriya Sam's Why would you choose Kriya Sam's Gila? Just because there's just more miracles that were outright miracles. It's a much more, right, what we call an, a nice nigla. It's a much more obvious type of miracle. Liz, why would you say number two? Um, because, I don't know. I just feel like that's like not God. That's like people against people. So that they were able to overpower an army. Clearly, God is on their side. Okay, good. So you, you'd say just, just Amalek. Good. And by the way, your answer, Liz, of just Amalek would, helps us in terms of what a Yisrael heard. Right, Ace Kol Asher Asalukim. You might have said, I, I, you know, Amalek is the, the much less obvious choice. So maybe he also heard about Amalek. Okay, so we could you could say that. But certainly, I, you know, I'm with you, Gila. Also, you know, if you had to choose one thing for yesterday here, Yamsuf. Yamsuf was big. This was the biggest, right? They, there were more Nisim at Chris Yamsuf than there were Chazal tells than all of Mitzrayim. Right? There's two hundred and fifty, one hundred fifty, two hundred, two hundred fifty. Say about in the Haggadah, right? However many Nisim there were at, at uh, in, in Mitzrayim was Etzbel Okimi, right? But in the, at, at uh, Yamsuf it was Yad Hashem, right? Um, so um, it was five times whatever happened in Mitzrayim. But the point being that, and we say, Ra Shifcha Alayam Mashal Ra Yecheskel Bambuzi, right? Even the, the, the lowliest person, the, the meat servant, right? She saw, experienced Hashem at the Yamsuf more than Yecheskel, the Navi, who saw the Kisya Kavod, right? Yecheskel had the most esoteric he saw a loftiest, he saw the Kisya Kavod, whatever that meant. Um, he saw into Shemayim. So the point being, certainly that's the biggest. So why, so after you told me that he saw Kriyas Yamsuf or heard about it, what are you adding on by telling me, and also you heard about a Malik? That's not very, it's, ah. what else do you need after Kriyas Yamsuf? So I want to share with you uh, two answers from Yosef Tzvi Salant. Yosef Tzvi Salant uh, wrote a sefer called the Be'er Yosef. Um, and, and he asked this question. He says, I don't get it. What, what, do, you, what do you need both for? You need both. If I did, if I did, uh, I saw Kriyas Yamsuf, I heard about Kriyas Yamsuf, I don't need Melchemas Amalek. What, what, how much do I need, right, to, to, to add for me here? Um, and he gives two answers. So I'm going to show you answer number one. I gave you the Be'er Yosef, which is it's a little bit long, but I actually only gave you some of it. But I know it's a lot of Hebrew and it's, and it's long, but I'll just show you exactly where it is. You don't, 
I'll say it outside out also. But if you want to follow along where he says it, in source number three, if you go all the way to the bottom of the right column where it says V'yitachin, the beginning of, the, of that last paragraph, he writes as follows. V'yitachin, it goes to the bottom of that paragraph up to the top, on the left side. V'yitachin l'farish b'zeh, I can explain, that we said before. You saw, why did Hashem bring the Mechamas Amalek on the Jewish people? Hashem could have just not allowed Amalek to attack us at all. But he allowed it to happen. So why did he do that? Until now, he says, tell Amalek, the Amun of the Jewish people was weak. Surprising. They had just seen the Ten Makos, they just saw Kriyas Yamsuf. Why did, why did Muhammad Malik solidify their Amuna? Why? Shahayu, um, right? Bema Shahayu Maharim, do like Kolanisim Shahasa Moshe, the name Hayachas Vachalila, Ayde Moshe Ba'atzma. What do the people still think as they got the cross of Yamsuf? This Moshe guy, he is really quite a magician. He does amazing tricks. He's just an amazing miracle worker, this guy. Right? That's what they think. They, meaning, they have a lot of emunah and who? They believe in Moshe. Right? So that's not meant to, that's not to be in a in derogatory way when the Torah says it. But it's true. They believed a lot in Moshe. That Moshe was, you know, was, was a great miracle worker. Okay. And what happened? Right? Because it seems like he can control nature. Oh, Maybe it's that staff that he carries around all the time that has this secret power of the staff. Right? So what happens? What happened? The, the war, the Seder Samakos and the Kriyas Yamsuf, was there any sense in any way that, you know, uh, we weren't going to win in those moments? Was there back and forth? Sometimes the Egyptians win. Sometimes the, the, the Jews are winning. No, it's very, very simple. God was clobbering the Egyptians. There was nothing to talk about. There was no back and forth. It was just a very simple, uh, very simple calculation there. God is winning. God is going to win and God is going to destroy you. That was, that was what was going on here. That was very obvious. When you come to Amalek, what happened? There's a back and forth. Right? There's a back and forth. At some points, the Jewish people are winning. And at some points, Amalek was winning, right? Moses' hands go up, his hands go down. But the bottom line is, there's a back and forth. Sometimes, sometimes we're doing better, sometimes we're doing worse. It was a real battle. And it wasn't so simple who was going to win. And what happens? And you always you say when Moshe went up the mountain and he had the, the, you know, the stick in his hand. He, he left. Right? Who should have led the war? If Moshe is the greatest miracle worker, who should be the one to lead the Jewish people into battle? Moshe should. Right? That should be what Moshe does. Moshe should lead them into battle. Right? Bilam, right? Bilam is a big sorcerer also, right? So when they fight Midian later on, many, 40 years later, so who goes into battle with them? Bilam leads, leads the Midianites into battle because he's the sorcerer, right? He's the one who has to help them. So Moshe should have gone and instead what he do? He sends Yoshua and he goes, he goes, he stands, sits on a mountain. Okay, he lifts his hands in the air. But basically that was all to do what? Just to get the people to, to recognize it's a Kodesh Baruch who's in charge, right? There was all just, that was just chizik. That was just, uh, you know, he's giving them, uh, you know, a Moshishmus with his hands. That wasn't in any way that he was controlling the war, right? So what happens? So they couldn't say they were winning because of Moshe or the, or the power of the stick. And 
as kalaguros hanaros halalu shorabeni. They see, wait a second, this is, we, we're doing it too. Right? We're fighting the war and Hashem's helping us win. And they know that they are not sorcerers and they're not magicians and nevertheless it's working. So what do they see? Oh, this isn't because of Moshe. This can happen with any of us as long as we have Hashem. So the purpose of the war with Amalek for the Jewish people, says Ber Yosef, was to strengthen their amuna in the sense that they could recognize it was a Kadosh helping them all along. This whole story, when they see, wait a minute, it can happen when we do it too. If I have a sword in my hand, all of a sudden I'm able to, and they knew, were they, were they warriors? They weren't warriors. They didn't have any training. They didn't know what they were doing. And they were beating Amalek, these, this warrior tribe. And they see their success, even though they know that naturally it shouldn't happen. So that says, wow, this isn't, this isn't Moshe doing miracles. This is, this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu helping us. Because he helped me, and he helped my friend, and he helped Shlemy, and he helped this guy, who all of us who uh, you know, have never fought a battle before, to win a battle. So what? What does that have to do, what does that have to do with, with Yisrael? So he says, the next paragraph. If it was the Jewish people who had experienced all this, right? But they still didn't believe so much. Right? Even after seeing Kriyasi Yamsuf, they still thought, ah, oh, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. And they needed this experience of, of Amalek right, to wake them up. They thought this. Certainly, certainly the same thing when it would come to people who weren't there. Right? That they would not have a strong emunah Hashem. So says Ber Yosef, why does it say that, 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 uh, that Yisra saw two things? He saw, or he heard two things. He heard about Kriyas Yamsuf, and he also heard about Melchama Samalek, because it was only when you had both. If it was just Amal, if it was just Chris Yamsov, so he'd say, oh, he's another sorcerer, like the Khartoumim and Mitzrayim also were sorcerers, right? They could do all kinds of crazy things. They had black magic. Oh, so he's a great magic sorcerer. When he saw, he heard the story that they defeated Amalek and Moshe wasn't there. Moshe sat in the background and they won. Anyways, ooh. He says, okay, this is different. This is not the same. This is already something very different. And that's why he shows up specifically after hearing those two things. Because it showed him it wasn't Moshe the sorcerer, it was, it was Am Yisrael with the help of Hashem. That's the first answer. You like it, you don't like it. What do you think? Answer number one. We got more coming. Rona? You're muted, you're muted, you're muted. You're muted. You can't, I mean, there you go. I, I joined a little late. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, good, fine. So that was answer number one. That was well, just I guess, your... I, I guess I'll, I'll, um... To me, it's a little bit of a stretch because I think that you could say Moshe's raising his hand is magic. Good, good, good. So I, liked, I, I thought the same thing when I saw the first. I said, okay, it's good. It's nice. I think it's a good point. The point is a good point. Right? That the people need to feel not just Amuna and Moshe as a sorcerer, but Amuna also in, the, in, the, uh, you know, in that, that sense of, of, of Hashem taking care of all of us. Right? It's an important point. But you're right. You still could have had people who'd say, yeah, but Moshe raised his hands up in the air. And that was like, you, you, there's still that space for the person to, to make that argument. But I will say this, though. We typically find that there's always that opportunity, right? No matter what happens, no matter what, you know, uh, experience a person has, there's always that person who says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are the myths? I asked my kids, I said, the Friday at the table last week. Last week. I said, Kriyas Yamsuf, why did the Egyptians run into the Yamsuf? They see God splits the sea for the Egyptians. And they run in. For, sorry, for the Jews. And they run in. What do they think? God's to do it for them, too? But, like, you, like... You can make yourself think anything, right? 
You get to get, so a person who didn't want to believe in Hashem and wants to say, oh, just Moshe's sorcerer, you could always say it, right? There's always that opening. Moshe's hands are like that, that opportunity for that person to say, ah, it wasn't God, it was Moshe. You're right. But you, so I could respond that way. But you're right. It, this is a good answer. It's a nice answer. But he also gives a second answer, which I think is, I personally, I like even better. So he says a second answer. Let's go back to how Yisro shows up. And I don't know about you, this has always bothered me. When Yisro shows up, go back, go back to source number one. Go back to source number one. Yisro shows up, and what happens? He announces himself, right? Right, what does he say? Vayomer Moshe, ani chosincha Yisro, boi lecha v'ishtecha u'shnebaneha ima. You know, Moshe, here I come. Your, 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 your father-in-law, he could have just showed up. But he has to send a message to like, let them know ahead of time that he's coming. So that they'll roll out the red carpet. It's like a little, not so like, no, it's not so much anivus. It's not such a humble way to, uh, to show up, right? Just want to let you know ahead of time so you're ready that I'm on my way. You know, so you're ready for everyone to greet me when I show up. It's always bothered me. Yisro is not seem to be a person like that. Yisro is, you know, uh, coming to, 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 to convert, to recognize that Kodesh runs the world. He's not a person who's here to show off how great he is. That's not what Yisro is all about. So why does he go through this whole charade in a certain sense where he like introduces himself and gets everyone ready for him, and then they can go ahead and they can have a you know a whole long conversation, and they're all going to sit with this big group. Like, well, he needs like he needs kavod. Yisrael showing up that he needs he needs everyone to to be mechabed him. How does that work? I don't see it that way. It's like if you're yeah, like Liz. before a king, like you can't just walk up to him. You have to make an appointment. <laughs> okay. Okay. So That's it's true. Like letting him know I'm coming to like make sure you know he's okay, like he can see him, that you know not just um, make assumptions that he could just come in and talk to Moshe just because he's a son-in-law. Okay, okay. So you could say it that way. You could say that. It does seem to me a, a little more grand than that. But you're right. You could say it that way. He's just like letting him know. That's like good menshlechta. You don't just show up at someone's door and announce. You don't just knock on the door. Is now a good time? Could I stop by now? Right. You try not to show up on the door unannounced. It's a good idea. Um, I try not to do that. If, if the rabbi should never show up unannounced ever to someone's house, it's a, it's a bad idea. Um, it scares people. Um, but anyone shouldn't. It's a good midos, right? You're there in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let, let people know ahead of time. They can get themselves together. Oh, gosh. It's, yeah. so that, but that's a halacha, actually. That's why you're supposed to knock. That's what that's a halacha. That, that's, that, that, Gemara says that uh, that's why the Kohen Gadol had bells on the bottom of his, of his coat so people would know he was coming. Not just so they could stand up and give him kavod, but because, you know, it's not right. You want to, if people are going to see you, they want to be prepared for the Kohen Gadol. So he should, uh, you know, but it's true, we learn, we learn from that every person should knock. You should always knock before you go into someone's house because you never want to walk in unannounced. Um, anyways, that's not our point here. But anyways. Are we, saying that, are we saying that he is announcing himself or that he came unexpected? Yes, Yeah. He, it is unexpected, I think, that he's coming, um, but he is announcing, he seems to be announcing, anik. I'm here, I'm coming. You know, again, you could read it as less, you know, like Liz. Liz. Like in the Pesach before, it says that he came, and then it's saying, here I am. Well, he says, he clearly sent a message before he shows up, right? Clearly, he's sending that from far away, right? Because he can't, he's got to be delivering that message. He's supposed to send a messenger to like announce his arrival, you know, with like trumpets, you know, whatever. Uh, but Liz wants to be more down the cuffs on Yisro, which I appreciate. So we'll, 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 we'll take that as well. But I'm going to take my side for a second just to prove my point. So, no. Like, what? I mean, so 
it's all a bunch of interpretation. So like, how do we know? No, it's fair. So I'll tell you, this is how the Bir Yosef takes this point and is Galenkov's chos on Yisro. Anyways, even if he was trying to make pomp and circumstance, there's a reason why. So check this out. So if you go into the next part of the Bir Yosef, the, the, the new paragraph, um, it's on the next page or in the next section. Vitachain baza, you see that? Top of the top, top of the right corner there. So he says like this. Vitachain baza, like different answer. He says, "The Amnam ba Masha ba Yisrael his Gaiyer hayabakan inyan gado umiyucha ba Yosef." He it was very special what he was trying to accomplish here. Something very special. He wasn't just coming by himself. Like, I want to be Jewish. It was more than that. Mipesha hayaba bi yichud u bi kavana tachila lekadishim shemayim ulatakein masha molek kilkel. He's coming to make a Kiddush Hashem, and to fix that which Amalek messed up. What did Amalek mess up? So Chazal say about Amalek. What does the Torah say? It says, Right? They showed up, you know, all of a sudden. The simple shot means they showed up unannounced. They just showed up, right? They just showed up. But the, but the Gemara says more than that. What does it mean? It means they made, they made it kar. They made Am Yisrael cold. How is that? Look at, look at, continue in the Bar Yosef. He says, he quotes the, he quotes the, the Yalkut. He quotes the Medrash. Like, what did Chazal say on Mechemes, on Malik, Mashanem, Rashakarcha, Baderech, Tzinancha, Vihivshircha, Mirishticha, Secha. That they cooled off the Jewish people. Shehayukola umos, Yireim, Nilachem, Bechem. Everyone else was afraid to attack. Imagine, imagine trying to attack Am Yisrael now. These people just destroyed, they just obliterated the greatest superpower in the world. God did tremendous miracles for them. He split the Yamsu for them. They go into the desert. No one's going to touch them. They're terrified to touch them. Right? They took down the greatest nation in the world. But what happened? So what did Amalek do? Amalek showed up. Did they win the battle? Amalek loses the battle against Am Yisrael. But where did they win? They won in the court of public opinion in the sense that what did they do? They said, see, you can fight these guys. You can start with them. They're not so. They're not such. Such. You know. Uh, it's, it's not impossible to touch them. They're not invincible, right? You can mess with them, and that basically a mullet showed the world that the Jewish people aren't so hot. Literally, right? Cool. Cool them down. And the Medrash gives an example. Marshal Lambati Rosachas. It's like a boiling, boiling. Uh, you know, uh, bath. She'ain No person could get in there. One crazy kid gets up, jumps into, jumps into bath. Even though he gets burnt, he crows. He still cools it down. Other people say, oh, okay. I guess you can go in there. He survived. Everyone was afraid of them. Right? They all became afraid. Even though they got defeated, everyone said, oh, these Jewish people, you can, you can go after them. So what? If that's true, what is Yisro here to do? So it says, I'll explain it to you exactly what he did. What he tried to do was as follows. He says, Yisro, Yisro heard. What did Yisro hear? He heard everything. He heard all the great things Hashem did. He heard about Kriyas Yamsuf. But he also heard about Amalek. And he saw the message that was being sent to the world that the Jewish people are not as exciting and not as powerful and not as all amazing as you think they are. 
And Yisra says, okay, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn to make use of what I have and who I am to fix what a Amalek what a, what a, what a did. And he shows up. He doesn't just show up. He sends a messenger ahead of time. He lets them know he's coming. They prepare a great meal. And he shows up. And everybody knows that Yisro's here. And who's Yisro? What do we call him? What does the Torah call him? Vayishma Yisro Kohen Midian. Who cares he's Kohen Midian? Who cares he's Kohen Midian? That's, Kohen Midian is not a... Not a, a a, a, a value to us. We don't care. He's a, it's actually worse. Kohen Midian, that's terrible. He's, a, he's an idolatrous priest. Why do we care? No. An idolatrous priest is the one who decided, I'm coming to be a Jew. And when he shows up and says, I'm here, I want to be a part of this nation, and he makes a big deal about it on purpose. And he lets everybody know that he's coming. And he makes sure everybody hears that he showed up to know that it's not true what Amalek said. These people are on fire. And I want to be part of them. The measure says actually that Yisro, that he that he he tried every avodah there was in the world. There wasn't an avodah that he didn't try. So you wonder, like again, why is that a why is that a good thing? The answer is well, he, this guy tried every avodah and he chose God afterwards. Right, so the message he was sending to the world, he was according to the, according to many midrashim, he was a very well known, famous person. He was a person with a lot of influence, and he shows up and becomes a Jew. He goes ahead and he. Send the opposite message of what Amalek was saying. Look, look at the, the final paragraph in Ber Yosef. That's what it means. The Chazal say, what did he hear that he came? Both. Right? He heard the thing that was the greatest miracle God had done that shook the whole world. But he heard also what happened at Amalek. That they came to fight. He adds in parentheses, Not that he saw the miracle of God saving them from Amalek. It wasn't such a big miracle. Okay, it was fine. Right? The fact that they fought them in the first place, that's what bothered him. And you heard about Amalek because that was, that's, the fact that they fought him in the first place was what bothered him. It, had, it was the negative side. That, that kind of canceled out, or tried to cancel out, Kriyas Yamsuf. So he comes to do everything he's going to do to become a Jew in public. To fix what Amalek had done. Right? And he says, the bottom line there, in the bottom of the paragraph, And that's why we call the Parsha, he says, Yisro. What, you call a parsha about an idolatrous priest? No. We're calling the parsha about a person who recognized, and this I think is kind of the most amazing part. A person, Yisro had made some mistakes in life. Right? Yisro had done some things that were, uh, you know, led a life of a Vodazara. And nevertheless, at the end, he decides to become a Jew. But what he does is, he doesn't just leave his life of Vodazara behind. He uses his life of Vodazara to make a Kedeshem Shemai. He uses the experiences he had in life in order to make a Kiddush Hashem. It's a pretty amazing thing. And in that sense, Yisro Kohen Midian, that's the perfect person to come and be the, the, the person who's going to tell us, going to kind of be the introduction to Matan Torah. Why is that? Because what's Matan Torah all about? Who, who's, who's getting the Torah at Arsinai? It's not just Moshe and Aaron. Right? The people getting the Torah at Arsinai are a bunch of people who've lived their whole life serving a Vodazara. What do we say about, about Am Yisrael as they cross the Yamsuf? The Malachim call it to Baruch, right? As they're crossing the sea, and they say, 
Halalu of the They're both of the They're both done terrible things. What makes the Jewish people any better? Right? And the answer is going to be obviously that Kadosh Baruch had chosen us and he knew we could grow from that. But they must have felt this sense of like, ah, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be this, this, you know, this, this Kadosh person, this special person. Look at the things that I've done in my life. Look who I've been. Look, what, look at the mistakes that I made. So it says to Kadosh Baruch Hu, you know the name of the parasha where the Torah is given? The name of the parasha is Yisrael Chaim and Yon. Right? That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the person who said, look, I've done a lot of stuff. I've tried every other on the book. And I decided I don't want any of it. I want a Kadosh Baruch Hu. And he, not only that, but he uses it to make a Kedosh Hashem. That's such a Kadosh Baruch Hu is the person I want as the, as the leader or as the, as the namesake, I should say, for, for the, the Parsha that is going to be the Parsha of Matan Torah. I thought it was really cool. The first answer is nice too. But this answer, I think, really you know, drives home that, that, that message, which I know we come back to a lot, but like, that message that the Torah is always, always delivering to us, which is that it's not about perfection and it's not about perfect people and it's not about it's about people who want to grow and use their experiences i saw a great uh um i actually saw both but the documentary about uh fred rogers anyone see that about mr rogers there's the movie right and there's also the documentary so they're both good but the the documentary talks about how fred rogers decided or like how his personality became who he was this person who was so in touch with the feelings like the insecurities of children and the feelings of children. And basically, the way the story is told is that he was a very sickly kid as a child. He was sick a lot, and he would end up having to stay home all the time. And because he stayed home all the time, so he had to, like, you know, he had to entertain himself. So that, hence, the land of make-believe was a lot of the things that he, on his own, he had to, like, you know, be creative at home. But, but because he was at home a lot, he ended up getting left out from his friends a lot. And he felt very bad about it. He was a very sensitive kid. And he always felt like very insecure and uncomfortable and, and didn't fit in with other kids. And, uh, and he told, he said that, that the, only, the person who gave him chizik, the person who made him feel good, was his mother's father, his grandfather, whose last name was McFeely, right? Mr. McFeely. Mr. McFeely is really his grandfather. Uh, and he was the person who, said, who would say to him, Fred, you're special. Fred, you're unique. God has placed you here because you have a special job just for you. There's something you can be in this world. And he felt the chizik from that grandfather. And that was like what like propelled him to become, as an adult, a person who appreciated the difficulties that children have. Why am I telling you this? Because I, th- I think it speaks to a similar point of, you know, here's a person who had a, had a hard life and then took that kernel, the thing that was hard for him, and used it as a way to help other people who had the same trouble. You know, very much in a, in a similar way. It's not exactly the same, but similar of, of this Yisro who lives his whole life, but then uses it to be kind of shame right? It's like, it's, it's almost like the Yerbo Shalom is showing us that we all have experiences. And it's not a question of why we have them. It's a question of what we do with them, right? Not lama, but lama. Right? Not why, but for what? What am I going to do with it? You can ask lama for a long time. But we ask lama, what can I do? Where can I go? What, how can I make use of that experience sometimes? Sometimes we can't, but sometimes we can't use of that to, to move forward. And that really is the message of Parshas Yisrael is a person who's able to make use of the experiences of his life to, in the maximum to Mukash and Mishamayim, which I think, is, uh, I think is pretty cool. Love it. Okay. Can I ask you a question about last week's Parsha? <laughs>